Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. So we're talking about the woman with the issue of blood. And she was a lady who suffered. She's a lady who was um, carrying a disease, something wrong with her, for 12 years. And, you know, I was going over my notes and things last night, and, and Pastor Matt, I was sitting in a chair, and Pastor Matt was sitting on the other side of the room, and I said, what is your issue? Just probably just like that. <laughs> and I said, and he's like, what? I said, what's your issue? What? What did I do? <laughs> well, what's your issue? The woman with the issue of blood had an issue, right? And so whenever we hear that, what's your issue? It's usually not a good thing, is it? (laughs) And so we're going to talk today about how it became a good thing, how God turned that whole thing around. And so why don't we open in a word of prayer? Father, I just thank you for this time that we have together for all these people that are sitting in this room and our church family that are joining us online. Thank you, God, that every person who hears your word today will receive something from you, that not one person will leave this place without being changed in some way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, when we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, this whole, um, this whole summer we're talking about miracles. And so, you know, there are different things that have been going on in people's lives, and, and we've seen so many miracles. We've seen God touch so many people in so many ways. I think of, you know, Heidi's dad passing away. Well, that's a really sad day, right, when you lose your dad, except he's with Jesus. And so when we lose people close to us, and they, we know that eternally, they're, they're at a place that is way better than we experience on this earth. There's joy in that. So we're going to find, about the, find out about the woman with the issue of blood that it must have been a big deal because it's mentioned in three of the Gospels. And so it's something that Jesus really wanted us to learn from. It's in Matthew 9, 18 through 22, in Luke 8, 40 through 48, and we're going to read Mark's account and that's Mark 5, 21 through 34. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up and follow along. It's Mark 5, 21 through 34. If you have your device, you can follow along, or you can follow along on this handy-dandy screen behind me. <laughs> so verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came and upon seeing him, fell at his feet, and he pleaded with him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she might get well and live. And he went off with him, And a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much 
at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and she touched his cloak. And one version said, touched the hem of his garment. For she had been saying to herself, if I just touch his garments, I'll get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she fell, it felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that power from him had gone out, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. So I don't know about you, but when I read through this, I imagine all of that stuff that's going on. I imagine Jesus with this crowd of people. I imagine the crowd of people around him, and there are probably all kinds of people bumping into him, right? And so just like the disciples were like, what are you talking about? There's all kinds of people. But he felt that somebody was drawing on the Spirit of God, on the power that was within him. Something that was interesting, too, and is um, Jairus, his daughter was 12 years old. And do you know that the woman that had that issue of blood had that for 12 years? So there's something significant that the number 12 represents. It represents authority, wholeness, completion, perfection, and the fulfillment of God's purpose. In the Jewish culture, when, when a child turns 12 is when they enter into adulthood. So when you think it was like a lifetime, it felt like a lifetime that this lady was dealing with this issue. But in both instances, it didn't seem like it was complete, right? 12 is a number of completion. It did not seem complete because of what she was dealing with. The Bible said in Mark um, 5.22 and 23, it said, and again, talking about Jairus, you know, when his daughter was dying, that was his only hope. Jesus was his only hope. And it says, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she'll get well and live. Remember, this is his only daughter. Imagine that kind of desperation. For those of you who have children, imagine your child going through something like that. Imagine the desperation. I know there are people here in the room who have lost children. That's a point of desperation, isn't it? When you're praying and you're believing God. There's all kinds of people that have been through really hard things. I think, you know, we've been talking recently the last few weeks. There's a young lady in our congregation named Hannah. And we've been praying for her in the last few weeks. We've been giving updates. And Hannah was in a, a motorcycle accident that 
in all, all other means should have been fatal, but it wasn't. For three days, that's what the doctor said, her condition was fatal. But you know what this congregation did? You know what believers around the world, and most of all, do you know what her family did? They pressed in. They didn't give up. You know, we didn't know when we started this series at the beginning of the summer how much we're going to have to press in, how much we're going to need answers to prayer. And, you know, Pastor Matt and I were visiting Hannah yesterday, and um, it's hard for me to talk about it without getting emotional because she is a miracle. And she got transferred from ICU, not into another hospital room, right to rehab. <laughs> That's a miracle. That's a miracle. <laughs> and then from there, they said up to six weeks. Now they told her two. Two weeks. <laughs> you know, um, and so when we were talking to her yesterday, she has a calendar of when she, she's going to get out of the hospital. And she's like, and I'm going to be in church on Sunday. So look out, you guys. You're not going to miss, okay? July 17th, this place is going to be wild. <laughs> because we'll all have seen before our very eyes a miracle. And it was all of you, again, believers around the world, pressing in, touching the hem of Jesus' garment. And we've, you know, we've talked to Hannah's parents and, and her dad. Her dad is one of those guys, he's kind of got a tough ex exterior, but his heart is amazing. <laughs> and knowing that he, we have seen God just move in his heart and his life in so many ways. He loved the Lord, but, but to see how he's pressed in at the level he has and, and his wife, Donna, too. In Mark 5, 25, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. <laughs> Do you know people that have gone to the doctor have gotten a bad report and it only went from bad to worse? Like, I know people like that. <laughs> And then, how are you when you're around them? How do you talk when you're around them? Do you say, oh, you poor thing. I feel so bad for you. Or do you say, bless God, we're going to stand. We're going to fight this thing. We're going to be with you through this, through thick and thin. We are not giving up. You know, there's something about being competitive. You don't give up. <laughs> And so I got a little of that in me, you know. When we got that news about Hannah, I'm like, mm -mm, there's nothing fatal here. We will not give up. And so knowing that you're part of a church that believes God, that will stand with you when times get not so wonderful. The condition that she had isolated her. It isolated her in all kinds of ways. Somebody that had an issue like that were people that were shunned from other people. She was isolated financially. All her means dried up. She didn't have money anymore. She didn't have, have what she needed. But she knew that Jesus was there. Other similarity, similarities in this story is um, Jairus' daughter 
was known as Jairus' daughter, and the woman with the issue of blood was known as the woman with the issue of blood. <laughs> so we never knew their names. They were known by their condition. They were known by their issue. So when you think about that, it was people around them that labeled them. It was people that called her the woman with the issue of blood. It wasn't Jesus that called her that. And with J. Iris's daughter, knowing that she was about to die, it wasn't so much that she was the daughter of Jesus too, right? <laughs> it was that she was, her identity was in her issue. And so the lady with the issue of blood was separated from people because back in those days, that's what happened. They were considered unclean. And so when you were unclean, you were cut off and totally isolated from probably her husband, her children. They couldn't eat the food that she prepared. They couldn't sit on the chair she sat on. They couldn't even touch her or they would become unclean themselves. So then you think about relationship. What kind of relationship did she have with the people that loved her the most? She wasn't allowed to attend worship services, but somehow she knew about Jesus. She knew that if she could just touch the hem of her, his garment, she would have been made whole. She faced struggles. We all face struggles every day, right? We all have something going on in our lives. And yet, how do we look at that? Are you a glass half full person? or a glass half empty person. You know, I can choose to go either way, but I choose that my glass is half full. <laughs> I choose that I'm gonna look at the good, I'm gonna look at the bright side in those situations, any situations. Because the Bible tells us, right, <laughs> that when we trust in God, all things work together for good to those that are called of God, called according to his purpose. So no matter what we went through in life, it's going to turn around. It's going to work out. The crowd couldn't tell what was wrong with this lady because the bleeding was internal. She knew what was going on. She knew that she wasn't supposed to be among that crowd because what could happen to her, she could have gotten stoned to death. All kinds of things could have happened to her, but she took that risk. On the outside, she looked like everybody else. But on the inside, something was going on. You know, for those of us sitting here today, when you've been through, gone through different things, you can look just hunky-dory on the outside, <laughs> but you can have something going on in the inside. And maybe nobody knows that but you and Jesus. But Jesus knows. You know, I think, um, you know, I talk sometimes about my parents and how they are with Jesus and and, um, you know, one of the things I can remember after my mom passed and then less, like a few days less, you know, my mom, my dad passed. And I can remember feeling like I want to walk around with a sign in the front and a sign on the back that says, just be nice to me. <laughs> my mom and dad just died. But you can't do that, right? Maybe we could come up with some kind of system like that, okay? <laughs> We can wear these signs and we can say, speak life over me. Give me kind words. But do you know when we're Christians, we should think that whenever we, whenever we face anybody, 
We don't know what people are going through in life. We don't know what they're dealing with. But we can bring life to them, right? We can bring encouragement to them. So again, when stuff is going on the inside with people, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, give me words of encouragement for people that I know that are going through things. And we can also ask the Holy Spirit to help us, right? We don't have to walk around like we are doom and gloom city. <laughs> you know, when those things happen in our lives, and then Pastor Matt's parents passed away too, it's not like we could just stop life, right? Everything keeps going on around us. And yet, we press in. <laughs> we touch the hem of God's, you know, Jesus' garment. I think, how did I walk through those times? You know, it's just not, boom, it's over. They're in heaven. You're good. Nope. <laughs> you know if you've lost somebody close to you, there's waves of all that stuff. You know, it hits you at different times. And it's knowing that, God, you carry me through every single season. You're always there for me. And I, I would do things like turn worship music on. I would listen to worship music. I'd read God's word. Those are things that encourage you when you're going through those issues of life. I come to church. <laughs> you know, one of the things that the enemy is really good at is isolating or asking, not asking, <laughs> letting us feel like we're isolated, like we're the only ones, right? You go through something, you're the only one who's ever been through that. Well, it's not true because we know the word says that there's nothing new under the sun. So during those times, when you're having a hard time, even just different seasons in life, don't pull back. Press in. You know, that lady, she didn't pull back. She pressed in. She took risks, even though really her life depended on it. But she took those risks. Why do, why do we do that? You know, I mean, sometimes I feel like I can be a cut-and-run kind of person. Like, I'm out of here. That problem will go away. <laughs> Except I really don't have that choice. <laughs> and so knowing I don't have that choice, we walk through things, right? None of us have that choice. We press in. The enemy gets us alone. And then what happens? He starts whispering in our ears. And we hear all these things. We hear words of discouragement. You know, the devil never pats us on the back and says, you're doing a good job, <laughs> does he? But you know who does? Jesus does. Jesus encourages us. We open his word, and it's full of words of encouragement. Isolation didn't help her, but she heard about Jesus, and she knew that he was a healer. Her faith knew that it would make her whole again. It would make her complete. She really probably got fed up and said, this is enough. 12 years is a long time. Dealing with something for 12 years, that's a long time. So how, how did she step out of her comfort zone and into faith? Number one, she said it. Mark 5, 28. It says, for she had been saying to herself, if I touch his garments, I'll get well. She said it to herself. When you get a bad report, what are you saying to yourself? Oh, no, they might have found a spot. I know it's cancer. I'm going to die. 
instead of, no, they found a spot. Well, Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. And that spot, we call you gone in the name of Jesus. We command that you disappear. Actually, we just got a report this week. <laughs> and it was somebody who um, was diagnosed with cancer. And I got a text this week and said, she does not have cancer. A hundred percent, that cancer is not there. So glory to God. <laughs> and so knowing that we stand, and that was the Drifka family. They're, they're wonderful people that attend this church. And one of their family members was diagnosed with cancer, but it wasn't cancer. Imagine having a surgery planned and then guess what? No surgery. Glory to God. Second, she did it. Mark 5.27 says, After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. She touched his garments. She pressed forward. She didn't remain isolated. She didn't stay isolated. She did something desperate because she needed a desperate result, right? Number three, she received it, and she told people. Mark 5, 30 through 33, it says, And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that power from him had gone out, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in and on you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She was afraid because she knew what the people would say, what the people would do. She could have been stoned to death, remember. But she took that risk. She was putting herself at risk to be in his presence. It, and again, remember that her life wasn't just affected when it came to the healing part of things, but her, her relationship with her family. It was affected by her finances. She pressed in. She had to have her needs met in some way, right? And so she pressed in in all those areas. Another really good praise report we have is there is somebody who is going to be starting a business, and so she was believing God for this project that was like way beyond her means for her and her husband. And so she contacted Pastor Matt and I, and, and throughout the step in these, this journey, she'd have us pray with her, and, and she's like, I just, you know, I need this money. I don't know. This is all we have but it would be an absolute miracle if it ever happened. And so we, we even said, you know what? We'll sow money into that for you because we believe so much in the vision that God gave her. And so we didn't have to sow that money, <laughs> although we probably still will, but, <laughs> you know, God met that need. It was an absolute miracle, and you'll hear about it in days to come but it's a business that's going to change lives that God's going to use in supernatural ways. She pressed in. She didn't give up. She had no answers, <laughs> but she didn't give up. For you business owners out there, every day with business, especially these days, it's a risk, isn't it? 
So you have to be wise, and yet you have to press in. Press into what God has. When he spoke something to your heart, then we listen to God, right? <laughs> we don't listen to the voices around us who tell us you can't do something because you can. Remember, based on the rules of the day, she wasn't supposed to be around Jesus. You know, based on the rules today, some would say we shouldn't be around Jesus, right? Forget it. <laughs> we know where our strength comes from. We know where our hope comes from. We know where our real freedom comes from. A country can never give us freedom that Jesus Christ can give us. So let's not ever get that mixed up. <laughs> let's seek the one who brings real freedom first in Jesus' name. He didn't say to this lady, he didn't say, I'm not going to heal you because you're not obeying the laws of the land. You're unclean. That's not what he did. He said, oh, who did that? <laughs> who touched the hem of my garment? He felt the faith that she had. As a matter of fact, he didn't call her the woman with the issue of blood. He called her daughter. Just like Jairus, that was his daughter. So knowing daughter, you know, I'm somebody who had a great relationship with my dad. As a matter of fact, I was his favorite daughter. <laughs> my sister's here, I just had to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> we both were his favorite. And, um, you know, to hear him say, she's my daughter, introducing me as his daughter. That's endearing, isn't it? Bishop Boone, Bishop Wellington Boone is one of the overseers here at Refuge. And you know, whenever I'm around him, he'll always say, well, daughter, tell me what's going on in your life. And you know, when he calls me daughter, I just, I'm like, thank you, God, <laughs> that somebody loves me like a daughter. Somebody cares about me like a daughter. And for those of you that are sons, same deal. <laughs> you know, God cares about you because you're one of his children. You are his son. Knowing that not everybody gets to be called daughter, right? You have to have a relationship with the person calling you daughter. And Jesus, he didn't even take the credit for healing her. Jesus told her that it was her faith that made her well. Her faith made her well. When we're dealing with something, our faith can make us well. If you have a husband-wife relationship that's a little edgy, the faith that you have together can make that relationship well. If you have a staff member, maybe that you, you, you know, appear at work or something that you just, just don't always get along. The faith that you have in Jesus can make that relationship well. If you have a child that you don't have a relationship with, you know, I, I think of that song that we sing here, I Speak Jesus. I love that song because it talks about speaking Jesus over my family. I speak his holy name. I speak Jesus. Because you know what? Not everybody in my life, in my family, is where maybe I think they should be with Jesus because they're really not walking with God. <laughs> and so knowing if I have brothers or 
aunts or uncles or people like that. I speak Jesus over my family. I speak his holy name. Speak Jesus over your family, not their issues. Speak Jesus. In Hebrews 11.6, it says that it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We can want all these blessings from God, right? But we never open that holy word. We can want answers to prayer, but we don't even know if our prayers line up with God's word because we don't open our Bibles. And you know what my Bible is to me? It's my constitution. <laughs> Those are my rules for life. Those are my, this is my guidance for life. This is what sets the course for my life, my Bible. Mark 5:34. It says, then he said to her daughter, it's your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me that has restored you to health. Go in peace and be permanently healed from your suffering. That's the amplified version. I'm going to read that again. Daughter, your faith, your personal trust and confidence in me. Think about something you're believing God for. It's your faith. It's your personal trust and confidence in Jesus that's going to restore you, that's going to restore that situation, that's going to restore your health. Go in peace and permanently. Permanently means like forever. Permanently be healed from your suffering. So what she had was peace which Pastor Matt says is undisturbed composure. 100% she had peace. Hope and faith are really perfected through this whole story, these miracles. They were, she had hope and she had faith. And she saw the hope that she had restored because of the faith that she had that Jesus was going to do it. You know, I talked a little while ago about Hannah. And when we meet now, when we talk to her now, those first days, she was unresponsive. But now, like we and we're talking to her on Wednesday, and Hannah is one of our youth leaders here. Hannah was involved in every, every area she could be at this church. So look out when she comes back. <laughs> but um, we need people to step into those gaps that Hannah filled because the body of Christ was hurting without Hannah here. And knowing when we talked to her on Wednesday, you know, we we're talking to her how youth is tonight, and we're excited and getting ready for youth. And she said, oh, is it Wednesday? I was like, she knows it's Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Because remember, this is somebody who is unresponsive, but she touched the hem of that garment. Your prayers touched the hem of his garment for her. We need each other, body of Christ. You know, you're here on a holiday weekend, like I said, because you get that we need each other. The body of Christ needs each other. Don't isolate yourself. 
reach out to people when you're hurting. Don't go in your little corner and boo-hoo. <laughs> go touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus empowered that woman and she was no longer defined by her condition. She was no longer defined by her issue. She didn't have this hovering over her. You know, one of the areas I think of when people go through divorce, I, I feel like a lot of times there can be this cloud over them. Oh, you've been divorced. Mm. If you're somebody who does that to people, stop it. You don't know what those people went through and what they've gone through, what their kids have gone through. If you're a survivor, if you're one of those children, you know, the stuff that goes through, through their minds, be kind. Be careful that we're not labeling people. Let's empower people. Let's bless people. Let's be kind. Let this church family, let the body of Christ, not just this church family, be known for love. Be known for not putting expectations on people that they can't keep. There's a song that we used to sing years ago. And there's a guy named Rodney Howard Brown who is a revivalist. And he wrote this song that he got. Well, he got this song through one of the meetings that he had. And it said, like the woman with the issue of blood, we press in. We press in. Like the blind man waiting patiently, we press in through the crowd. Then suddenly, a touch from heaven. Suddenly, a touch from heaven. Jesus came and rescued me. Suddenly, a touch from heaven. Jesus came and set me free. Jesus set every one of us free. But are we touching the hem of his garment? Or are we pointing fingers at those around us? We're responsible for our own actions. We're responsible for us. Touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Let him heal you. Let him make you whole. We're going to sing a song right now, and it's, it's called We're Going to Never Walk Alone. Well, not we're, we're going to love never, but never walk alone. We don't ever walk alone. It's the enemy who wants to make us feel alone. But we don't ever walk alone. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for every person that's in this room. I thank you, God, for every person that's hearing this, that's listening online, that's tuning in, that's part of our family. And God, you know the things that people are going through. You know the things that we're facing every day. And so right now with our faith, for those of you who want to do this, I just, I'm going to ask you to reach out with your eyes closed. Just reach out and touch his hem. What do you need faith for? What do you need Jesus to move in your life? In what area? Touch the hem of his garment. Jesus' name. And now for those of you, again, nobody looking around. If you're like, okay, this is one of those messages I've never heard anything like this. I didn't know you could press in and hear from Jesus. If you want to know that when you leave this place today, 
if anything ever happened to you, that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can know that today. If you know, want to know that you leave this place today, you have eternal life, you can know that today. So I'd like you to just slip up your hand and we're going to pray with you. We're all going to pray together. If you don't know Jesus in a personal way and you want to know him, you want to be able to touch the hem of his garment and know him in that way. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we say this prayer together? Dear Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I thank you that you died on the cross for me and that you forgive my sins and that you heal me and make me whole and that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being so attentive and listening to what God had to say to you today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.